Hi, this is Russ Taft. Hi, this is John Oliphanty. Hi, this is John Schlipper Petra. Hi, this is Kim Boyce. Hey, everybody, Stephen Curtis Chapman here, and you are listening to Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Hi, I'm Jason Huddle, host of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Before we get into this week's program, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for downloading this episode and giving us a listen. If you really like what you hear, we'd love to have your support. How can you do that, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked. Simply visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast and become a monthly sponsor. Now you can do that for as little as two measly dollars per month, or you can go higher and get special perks like advanced access to episodes when available, the opportunity to submit questions I will ask our artists on future episodes, and even your very own Jesus Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And hey, if you'd like your business or organization to become a sponsor of this program, let us know by visiting our website, JesusFreaksPodcast.com, and click on the Become a Sponsor link at the bottom of the page. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Hey, this is Jamie Rowe from Guardian, and you're listening to Jesus Freaks, Final to Digital. Larry Dean always knew there was a calling on his life, but it took a tragedy to point him in the right direction. Because I was too self-absorbed to give him the time of day really to recognize his desperation and the depth of his pain and, and his need for attention, that I was really indirectly responsible for his suicide. Today on Jesus Freaks Final to Digital, we're talking to the lead vocalist of the Christian metal band Triton as he talks about his band's history, its recent resurgence, motocross ministry, and is Jesus Freaks playing matchmaker with musicians? And by the way, if you decide to go on tour with Triton and you're looking for a drummer because you don't have one, we should get you hooked up with Paul Rohrabach from uh, Grandma Train and PJ Bostic. Incredible drummer, and he loves yes. Rush and Dream Theater, so he'd be all over it. Yeah, I, I, he's on my list, man. That's all coming up right now on Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital, a preferred podcast of Way FM and part of the NewReleaseToday.com podcast network. I'm your host, Jason Huddle. On to the program now, Larry Dean, lead vocalist and music extraordinaire for the Christian metal band Triton. First of all, Larry, thanks so much for being on the show, man. We are so excited to have you. Man, I'm so blessed and thankful to, to be on with you guys for sure. Thank you. You know what? Our research assistant, Kevin Jewell, he is uh, the number one fanboy of Triton. And so oh, he's man. quite excited about this interview, I have to tell you. Oh man, well that that blesses my heart, and, and he's just been awesome, and uh, I appreciate his uh, his making the connection for us. Well, Larry, let's let's get right to it, man. Uh, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your faith, how you came to know Christ. 
Wow. Uh, I'll try to condense it because uh, we could be here for six hours if I <laughs> start spiraling with that story. You know, uh, I just I grew up, you know, outside of Chicago, hardworking mom and dad. My dad's German and my mom's from the Czech Republic. And, um, you know, great family, lots of sports. My backyard was always open to every kid in the neighborhood all summer long, all year round. Um, great, great family life, great upbringing. Um, I've, I've, I've told my friends that I could be nicknamed Opie Bon Jovi, Opie Taylor and Bon Jovi for the music part of me. But, uh, nice. you know, I grew up out of high school, started really uh, sports and music was kind of my thing. And um, I was in a band and I kind of had a little bit of a heart, heartbreak with the band I was in. They were older guys and they kind of wanted to do something different than what I wanted to do. So they let me go. I think I got fired actually. And um, I, I got involved in some martial arts training, you know, buzzing along, working hard. I was a welder fabricator. Um, I was doing my music. Um, I got involved in a, in a martial arts cult and became a black belt instructor in uh, this uh, martial arts called Chung Kwan. And um, one of my buddies at work, he started reading the Bible and it, it, it was a, it was a multifaceted, uh, thing that God did. You know, my grandma was always, t- my grandma Charlotte was always telling me about the Lord and, and praying over me. And, and, uh, she just lived for the Lord. I had, a a neighbor in my neighborhood, Mike, who ha- had a love for Christ and was, was sharing God's word with me when I was a kid. And it was just like in one ear and out the other. And then I had a friend in high school, Henry Rafis, that, um, you know, I was doing the martial arts, doing the music. And I had a friend of mine commit suicide. Young, young man, four years younger than me named Ricky and um, just going through some family struggles. Um, mom and dad were splitting up. Dad started a new business. Mom had a, a, a new man in her life. And um, he just was crying out for somebody to give him attention. And he took his own life to get all of our attention. And um, that really triggered me into uh, this thing where I had to grapple with I was baptized Catholic, confirmed Lutheran. I lit candles in the church. You know, I did all that, all the, checked all those boxes. But I realized, you know, I was 18 years old and a friend of mine committed suicide. And it was like, it hit so close to home. I was like, Lord, you know, me and you are cool, right? Because if you ask me, do you, do you believe in the Lord? Yes. Do you believe in Christ? Yes. Do you believe in his holy life? Yes. Do you believe he died on the cross? Yes. Do you believe he rose again? Yes, 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 yes. But I was no more saved than this desktop that I have my my phone on and uh, the Lord reeled me in and, and my buddy who I work with, Greg, I guess the long and short of it is about 41, 42 years ago, he gave his heart to Christ and brought me with him. And um, some radio preacher, I, you know, it's just like a God storm. You know, I, I, my heart was broken from this one band situation. I got involved in a martial arts call that was really kind of trippy. And I, when I say a cult, it was a cult. And then my friend is sharing the Lord with me. And it was just a culmination of all these God storms. And, um, I'm at work and I we just started listening to Christian radio all the time. And I can't even remember which I can't remember. If it was Chuck Swindoll, John MacArthur, Raul Reese, Chuck Smith, Jeff Johnson, or one of those radio preachers that said, man, no matter what you've done, man, the Lord wants to forgive you. And he wants you to know his grace and his love and, and, and his mercy. And um, there I was welding right up my bench and uh, I just prayed the prayer. And I knew I just I felt the weight lifted off of me. My friend's suicide was so heavy. And in a way. And I say this and I don't say it flippantly or recklessly. You know, he was a young man crying out for help. And because I 
was too self-absorbed to give him the time of day really to recognize his desperation and the depth of his pain and, and his need for attention that I was really indirectly responsible for his suicide. And after he took his own life, that really got heavy on me. Like I could see the look in his eyes. He used to come over and watch my band play, you know, and uh, his dad asked me to give him guitar lessons. And, you know, I'd show him a chord or two and then show off for a half hour. You know, that was that was a guitar lesson uh, with me back then. And, and I just felt so heartbroken, but so dirty and so selfish. And God just exposed my selfishness, you know, in, through that whole thing. It was a culmination of, you know, all those incredible witnesses that God sent to my life. And um, that radio preacher at work that just led the, his audience in the sinner's prayer. And I, I just, I merged with it and said, Lord, I need you. And Holy Spirit just showed me that I needed to receive Christ and that he died on the cross for my sins. And, um, and that was it, man. I, I, uh, I've fallen on my face about a million times since then, but I've, I've never turned back. got saved um, because you had already been in bands you knew that you were musically talented but a lot of christians are music musically talented but not necessarily in bands and preaching the gospel through through music so how did you know that that was your calling man that's a, that's such a great question my whole crew you know pastor greg and i greg you know my my buddy who who's even to this day, my covering pastor and one of my best friends in the whole world, God was getting a hold of us, you know, and I, and I, as I read the word and I grew in the Lord, you know, I really didn't want to feed the monster anymore. And I, you know, and I mean, me and a bunch of my crew, we, we moved out of our homes into this big warehouse that was theater dressed, had a big sound system in there. And we do rock, we do, we weren't doing, you know, tours or, or traveling or, you know, doing shows. we We'd open up the doors um, every, like every Friday night. It was our big rehearsal night. And eventually, churches would like bust their youth groups out and, and we, would, we would have a Bible study and then we'd do a full show for whoever showed up at the place. But there was a good year where, man, I just didn't want to play music. It just died in my heart, you know, mm. and um, I knew I had to lay it down. I, I had to die to myself because my God prior to Christ was a two-headed monster. It was me, myself and music. It, it, music was my God. And um, the Lord just took the desire to play music because I, I, you know, it's like, thou shall have no other gods before me. And I knew how important music was to me. And, and, and like 
my whole, all my guys, you know, and, um, I just lost the desire. You know, my folks got concerned about me and, you know, uh, they thought it was just a phase. And then they both wound up, you know, giving their life to the Lord and getting baptized in their own pool. And it was just a total God storm, man. So I, I knew oddly enough, when I received Christ, what I knew before anything was that I was going to pastor. So, you know, and I, I really almost was, I don't want to say like not afraid or scared of music, but I, I, I didn't want to mess with it because I knew how I knew that it was my God before. And so, man, I just wanted to lift up the Lord and um, everybody's like, man, dude, you know, and, and we had a, we had a record deal. We had a, a deal. It was a, it was a handshake deal, but it was a deal with the same management. Uh, some of the same management people that manage Rush. We were booked into Chicago Tracks Recording Studio, and uh, we were going to do the the album. Um, and I became a Christian. I just, I didn't even want to play. I just for better part of a year, I didn't even touch my guitar. I just spent time in the Word, spent time in prayer. Greg and I would we'd witness everywhere. We'd go out in the streets and. Um, we, we'd witnessed the people and uh, it, it was just a cool time of just getting to know the Lord and just really almost remember how Moses had to go into Horeb for 40 years. And, and we, you know, we, we speculate like why, but I think it was to get, to get Egypt out of, out of his system. You know, he spent, you know, he was raised in, in Egypt and um, he had to get Egypt out of the system. Well, I had to get like that vanity and that the God of music out of my system and uh, just spent time in the word. And, you know, even my folks were like, you know, Larry, you know, what about this music stuff? You guys have like, you know, you were all in, you moved into this big warehouse. And it's like, man, I, I just want to get to know the Lord now. And, um, and there was a moment I remember right where I was, uh, we had a couch in this big loading door in our, in our shop, we called it the shop, but it was a big music studio and offices for the, the band. And, you know, we had all, all of our, our outboard gear and sound systems and guitar stuff and drum stuff. And just all the music stuff was in this big warehouse. And seven of us lived in this warehouse. And there was this, this little window on the loading door it was a 14 foot loading door and a little beam of light would shine through. And I would sit there in the morning before I went to work and I, I'd get into the word. And I remember clear as day, I can't even remember. It might've been Matthew five where, you know, um, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who's in heaven. And at the corner of my eye, I could see my, you know, my number one guitar hanging on the wall. Every guitarist has a number one. So I had my number one hanging on the wall and I, I felt the Holy spirit tell me, I want you to pick up that guitar and tell as many people as you can about, about my sacrifice and my love for them. And um, I'm like, all right, Lord. And so uh, I knew I was called the pastor first and um, I picked up the guitar. I, I took my income tax check and I said, guys, we're going to, we're going to start an album and we'll, we'll do five songs. We pick five songs. I mean, album quality. And we're, I'm going to make the Lord said to make 15 cassette tapes. And, you know, not 16, not 14, make 15 tapes and send them out. And, and at the same time, I told the guys in, in, in the band, I said, listen, guys, it's pretty clear that, you know, Greg and I were living for the Lord. Then, then our, our road manager, Frankie, he, he accepted Christ. And, you know, the guys one by one started, you know, giving their lives to the Lord. But I knew right away, if we're going to go into these places and share Christ, and I mean, I wanted to go like where no church or Christian band had gone before. I wanted, it's like, 
I, I didn't want to do church events. I didn't want to do Christian festivals or Christian concerts. I wanted to be opening for like Anthrax and King Diamond. I wanted to go where the kids didn't weren't hearing about Christ, you know. And so I know if, if we're going to go there, man, we've got to be rooted and grounded. And, and the guy's got to be sold out to the Lord. So right around that same time when we started the album um, and we we're going to send it out, I told the guys, hey, guys, this is going to go for the Lord. It's going to be about ministry. And this is what I need to do. And so I want to be fair to you if, if that's not what you want to do. Because, I mean, dude, we were, you know, chasing after the rock and roll heavy metal dream, you know. And now all of a sudden, you know, a handful of us are like going after the Lord. And we want to live for Christ. We want to use this music as a platform to, to share the word and the love and grace of Christ. And it's like I, I knew that everybody needed to get on board total team up or it was going to hurt the ministry. And if they weren't in the Lord, then they were going to be miserable too. So a few of the guys got on board and um, uh, most of the guys, and then, and then a few of the guys said, Hey man, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do something different, you know? And it's like, cool. And um, we sent out those tapes and we got an all Christian lineup, if you will. I mean, guys that were rooted and grounded, like really sold out to the Lord, living for the Lord. When that team got all on board, then we got contacted by REX Music and they said, hey, we're, we're some executives from Pure Metal with Starsong and uh, we're starting our own label and we want Triton to be our premier release, our debut release on this label. We're like, cool, let, well, let's talk about it. Let's pray. And we wound up signing with REX. It, it was about a year of just really seeking the Lord and being surrendered and like, Lord, I, I, whatever you want me to do, I, you know, if you don't want me to play music, I get it because it, it was that could be a, a real poison to me, you know, and I, I understood that. And, uh, and the Lord just said, okay, I want you to pick up that guitar and I want you to tell as many people as you can about my love. And at that time, 22 teenagers a day were committing suicide. And um, the song Don't Turn Away it is, is, it was written to address that struggle with a lot of people's lives. You know, don't turn away. Um, don't give up. There's, there's someone who cares for you. The one who I know is true. Um, and if you find this love, you'll never be the same. things to to know but uh that's how i think it happened bro i knew i was called the pastor and do ministry and when we sent out those demo tapes i told the guys i said listen i want to send out just 15 because that's a pretty good number and if this isn't a door that the lord is going to open i'll just go and do ministry i'll just go get involved in the church and you know I'll, i'll just go become a youth pastor or whatever kind of pastor i'll just get in the streets and start telling people about christ 
And, and then sure enough, man, REX contacted us and uh, we got the ball rolling. I want to back up a little bit because you kind of, you kind of ran through some stuff that, that really piqued my interest. First of all, I have to, I have to say this. Yeah, man. Song like Don't Turn Away, it had to be therapeutic for you when you're thinking about Ricky. Oh, man, dude. Yes, sir. Yeah, bro. I mean, that that is no one's ever that's never been mentioned before. But, you know, now that you mentioned, I can think of all the times we sang that song and just being able to reach out to people that we know were hurting. And, and you know, people in clubs, we did club tours all around, you know, the Midwest. And to be able to, like, challenge people. One time we opened up for Molly Hatchet at this this huge venue in Indiana, um, thousands of people. And we opened up for them and, uh, man, in our set, we always would go to this vamp in the song that wanted to become in starbound on silent tiger. And, um, we just share, we just share the cross. And, and I said, Hey, it, 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 does anybody know someone who's committed suicide recently? And, um, and, and half the place lifted up their hands. And, I mean, it's a club and people are drinking and, you know, they're in their little escape zone, you know? And then I said, let me ask you this. Has anybody struggled with thinking about that themselves? And the other half of the people lifted up their hands. Wow. And, uh, man, we just shared the cross. And, you know, Triton was a lot like Rush in that, you know, we definitely weren't the band for everybody. But if you saw us play, you know, five, ten minutes, you knew that we were playing from our hearts. And we, we were playing for the Lord and for people. And it just made a connection. But, yes, sir, that was... Uh, so healing and so the gladness and the fulfillment that I had, like, Lord, I, I miss Ricky. I, I miss telling Ricky. I, I, I would never have a chance to tell Ricky that the Lord loves him, but I wasn't going to miss that chance with everybody, anybody that crossed my path, you know, with the music or, or anywhere really. Isn't it awesome how God provides those opportunities for us in life when we, when we have regrets and things like that, that, the, the road that we didn't take and we wish we had and, or the choice we didn't make that we wish he, we had. And he provides an opportunity for us to sort of make good on that. Yes, sir. That's, that is man. Thank the Lord. Let me ask you about performing in front of secular audiences. That had to be a mixed bag. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to perform in front of people that were not there to hear the message of Christ. And it was, it was inspiring because you know it's the way of it's the way of Christ if Christ's story in the gospel teaches us anything it's that God gets to where people are he gets to where the need is and we were so excited to go and I that was that's another thing that I was so clear on early that I wanted to you know I didn't want to haul water to the ocean I wanted to get to where people didn't know the Lord mm. and um you know coming out of Calvary chapels and Raul Reese and Chuck Smith and Greg Lurie with all those guys and it was very touch the lost. And so to me, I, I had always functioned in, in God's economy that, you know, he's not willing that any perish, but that all come to a life changing experience with Christ that allow him to his grace and love to, to empower them to turn from sin and to, to receive his, his love and his mercy. And so I honestly, even prior to Christ, I became like alive on stage, like, Trying to perform, you know, uh, prior to Christ, there were challenges, man. It was like you'd get nervous. and But once I was the Lord's and the spirit of God was in me and the, the, the mission specs were about winning souls and, and building up God's people, you know, those two things. It was true empowerment, like like 
you know, Acts 2, like the spirit of God would come upon me, you know, in writing the songs, recording the songs, live performances. So to me, it was like, man, we're here for you. And when we were in front of audiences, it's like, you know, that's where we came from. You know, we were in that place of, you know, doing drugs and drinking and women and sex, drugs and rock and roll and all that stuff. And so these were our people. And so we were just so thankful and excited to to do our music. And and we felt like musically, we knew that I don't want this to sound like conceited or arrogant, but it's like we knew we were good at what we did. And sure. and it and it was exciting for us. It's like, man, God gave us a gift and we're doing it together. And, uh, you know, Stephen, uh, when it was Stephen and, and, and Scotty, um, those guys were together in bands before the three of us were in bands together. So they were so tight and so tasty. And we were just excited about the, uh, the music. So I think it was the mission. But I also think we worked so hard to write music, you know, out of all of our influences, but something that was not only the culmination of all of our influences, but something that was fresh and new and yeah. telling a story and powerful, well put together songs with lyrics that people would sing along to, or they'd love the hook line, you know, whether it's Mr. Electric or Rip Van Winkle or, you know, it's war or something like that. And making that connection though, was just the true joy. And um, it was very fulfilling and, and never did we feel like, like we were fish out of water. Like we, mm. we knew this is where God called like Paul to the Gentiles. Like, I know God called me here, so I don't care. Love it, like it, or hate it. This is the message, and and here it is, man. So we had kind of that Paul, that Paul toughness as we went into, you know, all the different clubs and venues, and we opened for Steppenwolf and and Molly Hatchet, and uh, you know, all those bands from that era. It was really a fun time and, and so exciting. You, you didn't get booed off the stage or, or or you know things thrown at you, anything like that. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Michael Sweet uh, from Stripers talked about last season. He talked about on this show that uh, people would sit there and flip him the bird for, you know, an hour and a half while they're doing their set. And, you know, of course, he's like, hey, you just paid 50 bucks to flip me the bird. You know, OK. Right. But right. <laughs> um, that, that kind of stuff never happened to you, really? Maybe it did. And I just didn't catch it or I just ignored it or whatnot. But I, I don't recall anything like that. There is a point in our set where we want to, even if it's just a 90 second challenge, like, Hey man, we, you know, we love the Lord. We're Christians. We love music, but we love God way, 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 way more. And we've got a platform to be able to share what's the most important thing in the world to us. And it's not music. It's the Messiah. It's the savior of the world. Boom. Um, so we would, we would always share Christ. And, you know, I think maybe the difference bro is that, with Striper, their lyrics were not as parabolic as as Triton, you know, like an earthly story with a heavenly meaning where, you know, Striper's lyrics there. I think they're a little bit more upfront comp compared to ours. So that may have been the reason why or, you know, and maybe a lot of the folks didn't know like they knew with Striper because Striper, man, that's cut and dry. It's like, OK, Striper's a Christian metal band, you know they went already planning to give those guys the finger, the whole set. You know what I mean? Right. Um, where, with us, I don't think we were, we were certainly not as known as striper. So opening up for other bands, like who's this, who's this, you know, this, this power trio from Chicago, you know, and, Oh, they sound like rush. Oh, that's kind of cool. And, and then, you know, by the time we got to the message, we had already pretty much played our set because we would share the Lord towards the end. And if anybody 
got mean about it. Man, when I shared the Lord at that one concert in Indiana with Molly Hatchet, that's when I was expecting to get like some beer bottles thrown at me. Sure. And the whole place, the whole place was like, when we talked about the hope that is in Christ, the place went up for grabs. They were like, yes. I mean, it was like, it just wow. made, I don't know. It just made sense. Like the Lord helped me present a message, you know, about despair and hurting so bad that you want to die. And yet, you know, God understands that pain that we're going through. And his son was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And, 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 and he gave his life for us to make a way for us. So we wouldn't be alone. We wouldn't hurt by ourselves. And we'd have the hope of heaven. And I can't, I mean, this is going back probably 35 years or more. So I mean, I can't explain it, but yeah, I've never, never had anything thrown at me. And I don't remember anything, any adverse responses like that at all. guys we'll get back to our interview with larry dean in just a second but i just want to take a moment to remind you that sometimes life can leave you with more questions than answers and that's why things like truth friendship and hope are so very important i want to invite you to join new hope worship center online to help you find the answers to life's biggest questions they have live streaming services every sunday at 10 45 a.m eastern time at the new hope worship center youtube channel there you'll receive the word, have an opportunity to worship and pray. And of course, you can watch services at your convenience at newhopewc.org. You can also check out their brand new podcast called Authentic Conversations, and that's located at Spotify and iTunes. Hey, if you need to talk to somebody, they would also love to help you. Just call 704-786-0155. That's 704-786-0155. Please call today if you need any help. And now back to our interview with Larry Dean from Triton. Did you do straight up altar calls or did you kind of just leave them with the word and like, thank you, good night and peace out? It would have to be like a Christian event, like yeah. with, with Harvest or uh, like at the Warehouse Church. Like we did a lot of concerts at the Warehouse Church and Randy Schof is still to this day one of my best buds. And 
he actually commissioned us into ministry in uh, 93. So th- like at a place like that, we would, but like in, in doing clubs and secular uh, bills and stuff like that, what we would do more than not would uh, say, hey, listen, we just think that the most important thing is, is to know Christ and to know his love. And we're going to be hanging out, you know, by the merch table. And if you got any questions about the Bible, about the Lord, uh, anything about relationship with Christ, we'll, we'll be hanging out. And, and the guys and I would go, the band and I would go and we'd, you know, we'd, we'd meet people at the merch table and we'd talk to them and we'd pray with them. If they were Christians and they needed prayer for something, we'd pray for them. And if they, they, they wanted to know about the Lord, we'd help them along. And, you know, were, did they want to pray to receive the Lord? You know, did they understand it? And um, were they ready? We didn't force people, but we tried to help them along in their process for sure. You talked about how people didn't necessarily know right off the bat that you were a Christian band just because of the venue, I'm sure. And the name, and let me preface this question by saying one of the things I try to steer away from is how did you get your name? Because I just, I hate that question. But in your particular case, the meaning of Triton is very interesting. And I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about how how you did come up with the name because um, it's so unique and it isn't a name that necessarily screams Christianity. To me, it screams Greek mythology. So, right. so tell us, tell our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar how you came up with the name Triton. So, and, and it, it kind of morphs into different things. You know, Triton is that, that three tipped spirit Triton. And then a Titan is, is, uh, is an epic uh, force. And, you know, God is, is three Titans in one Triton. And then to reach youths through the almighty Nazarene was the acronym that we came up with. Oh, cool. And it, it I didn't just, even realize it was an acronym. Yeah. To reach youths through the almighty Nazarene. You know, the, the idea of Triton uh, speaks of, you know, kingship, leadership, um, and then three, father, son, and spirit. And then the, the three tips spear, we, we, you know, we wanted to be a weapon and uh, we wanted people to know that, uh, you know, the Lord is the ultimate Triton, you know, he's the Titan of, uh, of heaven, you know, and um, I'm sure there's some other backstories that I'm forgetting right now, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. So let's get back into the music for a little bit. Um, you guys came up with basically two albums, Celestial Messenger, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last one because the second one, uh, is it Silent, Silent Tiger? Silent, Silent Tiger. Tiger. See, yeah. I didn't, I was, I was never been sure in 30 years. I've never been sure if it was Silent Tiger or Salintager. I, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure. So thank you for yep. clarifying that one. Yep. Silent Tiger. Yep. But you guys had two albums and they, they sounded very different. One was, uh, as you mentioned, one was more rush, had a lot of rush influence. And the second one was more sort of hard rock. What was the reason for the change in sound there? Musical development. I started to really gravitate more towards the, like the pocket metal, like TNT and uh, Living Color, uh, Extreme. Always loved Nuno and that, and that pocket metal. And when Scotty left the band after the first album, his son, Kyle, was born early and, and they had a couple of years where a lot of touch and go with him and he just needed to be taking care of his family. So then one of our road crew, Jim Dobbs, stepped in and he had a more straight ahead. It was the first album and the second album was kind of very parallel to two Canadian bands, Rush with Neil Peart and 
triumph with Gilmore. So Peart was the consummate, you know, masterful percussionist drummer where Gilmore was more of a straight ahead rock drummer. And I think our sound, we didn't want to not be progressive, but we wanted to be a little bit more uh, like pocket metal. And I, I think the two different drummers was a big deal. And then adding different types of keyboards with Steve, uh, our, our bass player keyboardist, he just got brilliant at, at sequencing and, and programming. So it, it got more polyphonic and a little bit more progressive on that level. A lot more guitar keyboard movements together and harmonies, a lot of interludes where uh, the keyboards and the guitars would do stuff. But it became more straight ahead. Straight ahead. And I think the basic answer is, is the two different drummers where okay. Scotty had more of a rush, Neil Peart approach to things. And Jim had more of a, a more straight ahead rock, straight metal type of approach to things. So that affected it. But I think that our songwriting became a, a little bit more diverse I think we got better with the second album and, and Steve and I spent a lot more time composing, you know, the, the movements through the, through the song. So I think in that way, it's more progressive where some people might think it's more, it's more rock metal, the second album, but really the musical movements are more, more progressive and complex on the second album than they are the first album. But that, that prog feel, I think that's really Scotty that the first drummer, he, he, he really, brought that home. So let me ask you then, and we're going to get into the new stuff that you guys are, you guys are back together and, and playing some, uh, we got some new material, but we'll get to that in a second. But basically yeah. after the two albums, that was, that was kind of it for Triton. Uh, what, yeah. what happened? So it was uh, 91. We did like the DC Baltimore area promoting silent tiger the, the label kind of ran out of budget, so they had to stop the radio tracking. So we pulled the money together to pay for the radio tracking for the second single on Silent Tiger. My mom had got diagnosed with uh, cancer in December of 90. And we just had Michael, our youngest son, who's now 31. It was just a really hard time for us. My mom was going through treatments and the Lord just led us to, to lay it down. You know, it just was time. We had to focus on some things. And Steve Robinson, actually the late, great Steve Robinson, my, my, my John Lennon, he went to be with the Lord a, a couple of years ago now already. But um, when we laid it down, he said, man, Larry, I don't believe God's done with Triton. I'm like, well, bro, he can roll the stone away anytime he wants. But, um, you know, and, and we all had peace. Like, this is what God wanted us to do, you know? So we laid it down. And uh, then it was by the, my mom got to go be with the Lord, uh, August 8th, 1991. And it was just like not even six months after we did the last two and kind of folded everything up and then um, kind of rallied to my dad. And then by the end of 91, we were starting the Bible study that would blossom into the church that we, the first church that we planted over those next couple of years just exploded. So since then we were planning churches uh, since then, since 91, up until present day. We did a reunion tour, Scotty, Steve, and I, the original three, because we were all on staff at the church that, that we planted. In fact, Scott and his wife and Rhonda and I 
we all went together and planted this church together that just exploded and grew. And then Steve and Bev, the three Triton guys, the three original Triton guys, we we were all in ministry together at this church called Heart Maneuvers. And we did a reunion tour in 97. And it was so fun because we had this big church and this big auditorium that we did this annual concert called Day of Thunder. That was 97. And then in 2001, we did that Cornerstone Live CD with uh, Millennium 8, M8 Records. And that was Scotty was in that. And then Steve, Steve had moved to Indiana, I think, by that time and was involved in some other ministries. So uh, but Scotty and I did that in 2001. And then since then, man, uh, we've just been grinding and planting churches and discipling people and leading worship and teaching the word of God. And that's what we've been up to, just building churches, man, lifting up the Lord. You said at the time that God could roll the stone back uh, anytime he wanted. And, you know, 30 years later, he has. You guys have a recently released album called Blood of Kings. And as I understand it, it's the first of a three album planned trilogy. So tell us a little bit about Blood of Kings and the, the next two albums to come. Yes, sir. Glad to. So, like I said, uh, Steve Robinson, who was like my John Lennon, you know, he went to be with the Lord in a in a firearms accident a few years back. And um, that was heartbreaking. But we know he's with the Lord. So excited for him and that Scotty lives in California now. And his son and my youngest son are best friends. So our families are all connected. In fact, Scott's wife and my wife, Robin and my wife, Rhonda, are best friends. So we're all connected with this new album at Extreme Church, where, where we pastor now uh, in, our, in our home city, just outside of Chicago. We've been doing this Praise Meets Metal stuff for like over 10 years now. And just, just 
given all these church songs like Tris Tomlin and Israel Hooten and Hill songs, giving them makeovers and, you know, giving them a blue murder sound or a dream theater sound, you know, and it's been so fun. And the music team has just loved it. It's been so cool. I mean, it's like, I mean, our services are like rocking. So even prior to COVID, you know, the financial, uh, we moved back to our city because we were having church services two towns away and uh, we moved back and man, it's just like ministry finances were struggling. It's like, you know what, man, I'm going to be 60 soon. And at the time I was 58, that was two years ago. I'm 60 now. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I got to start thinking about retirement type stuff. My wife is convinced I'll never retire, but, uh, you know, I have to start thinking about, you know, what can I do to, you know, generate some, you know, some passive or residual income, you know, it's like, well, I can, I can write, I can speak, I can itinerate, I can announce, oh yeah, I can play music. And I noticed like, you know, Striper and Bloodgood and my buddies in Sacred Warrior. I'm seeing a lot of noise from guys from our era. I'm like, you know, man, should I do a, another Triton album? And the Lord just started to bring confirmations. And um, I was thinking about, you know, who can we get on drums? And um, we went and we saw the Neil Morse band at the Arcada here in St. Charles. And there's a time in the set where they all switch instruments. And Eric Gillette, the guitarist, he gets behind the drums. And I'm like, what? And, and they were just prolific, just amazing. So, so I remembered that. And then I was listening to a podcast of Neil Morse and Eric Gillette. And um, he had just done the Tree of Life, all the drums on the Tree of Life album. And uh, the, 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 the podcaster said, hey, Eric, man, you know, really great job on those drums. And wh what's up with that? And um, the guy's like, I didn't even know you could play drums. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do some drums on some projects. You know And I'm like? There's my cue. So I hit him <laughs> up and I, I said, I don't know if you know who I am, but, you know, here's who I am. Here's the, the, the work that we've done so far. I'm really feeling the Lord's leading on doing a, a, another album. I've been writing it. I'm pretty excited about the material. Uh, would you be interested in playing drums? He said, yes. So then I started thinking about tracking drums. I said, I, I understand you have a studio and you not only play drums, but you're also a keyboardist. He's yeah, that's my first instrument is keyboards. I'm like, well, would you, would you also think about not only playing all the drums, but playing all the keyboards? Yes. Would you also think about not only playing all the drums, but playing all the keyboards and producing? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so the rest, the, the rest was history. And then, and then I've always loved Jim Laverty and all the Baron Cross guys, you know, uh, Michael Lee and, 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 and um, all the guys, they're just uh, Steve Whitaker. I met him years ago in Southern California when I was doing some PA work out there and just love those guys. And, um, I hit up Jim and I said, Hey bro, I'm going to do a new Triton album. Would you like to get involved? He goes, yeah, man, whatever you need. So I was like, okay, Lord. So this is part of a trilogy. Tell us about how each out of the albums are related. Uh, forgive me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but uh, this one's called blood of Kings. The next one to come out is going to be called emanate. And then the one after that is heart of the dragon. So tell me how, what makes this a trilogy of albums? Okay. So so on Silent Tiger, I'm into threes, you know, Triton, <laughs> um, <laughs> what Father, Spirit, the Trinity of God, Trichotomy. Uh, so on, on Silent Tiger, the opening track is called Take Cover, and it's, it's eschatology. It's like Take Cover. It's about the Lord's return. Uh, it begins with this newscast, like, that the rapture has occurred. 
And then the opening track on Blood of Kings is the prequel to Take Cover. So Take Cover is, is the center piece where the song The Descender on the new album is the prequel. That's that's part one. Mm. And then and then on the next Triton album, it will be the third part, which is called Omega Storm. That'll be the third and final part for that that trilogy of songs. Now, the Emanate album is actually not a Triton album. Emanate is our Praise Meets Metal project that Eric and I already started. It's going to be like Hill Songs meets Dream Theater, David Crowder meets Joe Satriani. It's going to be, and 11 tracks have already been roughed out, and that album is in process. It's called Emanate Among the Nations. And so that is going to be a separate project that we hope we can get on tour and, and, and even do a world tour, hopefully, hopefully. But the next Triton album is part two of the trilogy you're talking about. That one's called Heart of the Dragon. That's going to be the second in a trilogy. And then the third one is going to be called Decapolis. Oh, okay. All right. So, so, I, so forgive me for having that. No, no worries. Right. No, and because I've mentioned Emanate um, so much because... Triton is the springboard for Emanate. That's really where my heart is. Praise evangelism. I want to I want to lift up the Lord through music that is just violent and breathtaking and then share share Christ and share his cross and his resurrection. So uh, I'm really excited about the Emanate stuff. Not that I'm not excited about the Triton, but people ask me all the time, was Triton going to tour? I mean, we we'd love to do some like one-off dates, you know, but but like Eric's getting ready to go on tour with Neil Moore's band a world tour, like starting in October. And I don't know when he'd be available. We're struggling just to get pull videos together for the blood of Kings album, but emanate, I could build a team around emanate and uh, we could take that on the road re- a lot easier, but I'm not opposed to doing Triton stuff, but yeah. So the blood of Kings is out. We're, we're really hoping to do some video support work for it, for uh, the descender that's in motion, a million hearts and uh, shadow racer. So hopefully we'll get some videos out within the next eight, eight months uh, for that. And then we'll finish the Emanate album next year and have that out. And then we'll do some videos for that as well. And then we'll start the, the Triton Heart of the Dragon album next year for sure.
can't wait to listen to all these all this great new music man i'm i'm thrilled and and by the way if if you decide to go on tour with triton and you, and you you're looking for a drummer because you don't have one we should get you hooked up with paul roraback from uh, grandma train and pj bostic incredible drummer and he loves yes. rush and dream theater so he'd be all over it I, I, I so many people who i think brad bowman uh, the guy who did the, uh, our Descender lyric video uh, did a video for him, and he said the same thing to me, man. You guys got to hook up. And I guess he has a, a, a gargantuan heart for God, too. I guess he does. He, he has an incredible heart. If, if you haven't had a chance, uh, go back and listen to our interview with him in season uh, two. Uh, incredible guy. Great, great interview. And just uh, and by the way, the trap set is quite impressive that he has in his house. I just have to mention that as well. Yeah, I, I, he's on my list, man. And uh, it'd be really cool to do something because I know people are raving his stuff. I really haven't had a chance to listen to it a whole bunch. I've got a stack of projects that I've got to catch up and listen to. I've got a road trip coming up, and that's when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin all these, uh, these albums that are on my list for sure. Nice. Good. Well, it's worth a listen for sure. Now, before I let you go, uh, let me just ask you, I always like to ask my artists these questions because it always trips them up for the most part favorite triton song what's the most one that's most near and dear to your heart and you can't say all of them that's not acceptable boy wow i would say off of silent tiger make your move gosh uh revelation song and i say that because you know working with john and Eric and Ray, um, these guys are just so, just so important to me. I mean, all, all three of them, you know, uh, John Elefante and I, we met years ago and uh, I had to turn down. He, he called me. It was uh, early 91. My mom had just started treatment and he called me and he said, hey, man, he goes, can you come out in February? I want I, and we'll do an album. I, I, I want to do an album with you, you know. And um, I said, bro, and, and it's like, I can't, you know, I knew I couldn't. I knew my wife and I were not in a place where I could do that. My mom had just started treatments. It was really touch and go, very heavy. And um, I said, dude, I said, I can't believe I've got to tell you no, but I don't even need to pray about it. I know it's not the time. If, if God wants us to do together, it's going to have to be later because I know this is not the time. And bro, to have you like your favorite singer in the whole world and right. your favorite producer in the whole world call you to do an album and you have to say no. And, and so, you know, fast forward, we made up our mind that we were going to do a, 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 a praise and worship song in every Triton album for, for, for the, till the end. It took 30 years to do the next Triton album, but we, we knew we were going to, I knew I was going to put a praise song on there. And um, at extreme church, we've been doing this like dream theater uh, expression of revelation song that, that the church just loved God moved and we wrote an extra bridge for it. And, um, I thought, well, you know, I, I don't, I just don't want to be the only singer. So I'll give Ray, I'll give my buddy Ray Parra a call and Ray and I've stayed in touch through the years. And, and, uh, he was like, dude, send me the tracks. I'm in down. And then I thought, well, I'm going to think big Lord. I said, I'm going to ask my favorite singer in the whole world to, 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 to sing on this thing. And we're going to, we're going to build it around him. And, um, I, I, I contacted John. I said, Hey man, I had to turn down doing an album with you years ago. And 
I'm redoing, I'm doing a new Triton album and we redid this really tough version of Revelation song. Uh, would you, would you sing it? Would you be the feature vocalist on it? He goes, send me the tracks. And then um, the most killer thing of all, bro, and I've been sharing this as, as often as I can. John flew his tracks in. I sent them down to Eric. Then Ray, then Ray got his tracks and I sent them down to Eric. And I asked Eric to be on it because I love Eric's voice. And the kid is such a musician, genius, super freak. I knew I wanted to have him on there. You know, three power tenors on this one song. And John's stuff, I, when I got John's tracks, I wept. I'm like, Lord, I can't believe I'm connected to something that this is, that, that's so powerful. That's such an honor to you. But Eric was the one. He, he got my tracks, John's tracks, Ray Power's tracks. But then Eric, he got them all in front of him and he, and he got in the studio and he, and he cut his vocals. And the way he wove his vocals into, I mean, this, it just explodes at the end. Eric Gillette and John Alfante just explode out of the song at the end to the glory and praise of the Lord. And all of that to say, Revelation song would have to be my favorite. Even though I didn't write it, except we wrote, the, I wrote the bridge. That's got to be my favorite, even though I didn't write it, just for those reasons that I just shared. Before I let you go, I have to let you tell our listeners about Team Faith Motor Church. I got to know about that. Wow. I'll try to compress this as best I can. So I was talking about that church that Scotty and Steve and I were all involved in that, you know, we gave up our house and we bought this old school. There's a 40,000 square foot building on two acres. And, uh, after we gave up our house and moved into this school, we moved into a classroom. We threw all these mattresses on the floor, a kitchen table, a little refrigerator. And my wife and me and, and my four kids and, and us, we're, we're just happy as larks. We bought this big building. Well, we were only there for a few weeks. And the, the mayor and the building commissioner showed up and, and said, who are you and what are you doing here? You have to leave here. I'm like, what? This is where I live. You know, we, we bought this. You know, we bought this as a church and, you know, we're going to convert parsonages in here because there were apartments in there and anything. And they're like, no, you have to leave. You have to leave in 24 hours or we're going to turn off your water and chain your doors. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I called I called one of my friends who was a Christian attorney. He's like, Larry, I don't even do that kind of law. But let me let me make some phone calls. Don't worry. Don't worry. Sit tight. I'm, I'm, we're going to get you some help. Well, it was about a month later that I had a stress-related heart attack. I was 35 years old and I had a stress-related heart attack. And uh, the doctor said, hey, you've got no disease, no blockage, uh, but you better find out how to relieve your stress and to get a cardio burn at least every other day, a good cardio burn every other day. So my wife being from Southern California, she bought me a dirt bike. And because she knew I raced when I was younger, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I was semi-pro and I raced for a local shop here and stuff. And so she bought me a dirt bike. So I started riding motocross again and we got my boys dirt bikes. Well, through the process of meeting Christian pro motocross racers and Christian pro freestyle motocrossers, I crossed paths with this amazing guy named Brian O from team faith. And, um, people all around the country were telling him about me. And people all around the country were telling me about him. Oh, you got to meet Brian. Oh, you got to meet Brian. Oh, they were telling Brian. Oh, you got to meet Larry. You got to meet Larry. So, and you know, I'd go someplace and I'd see team faith 
flyers like at a at a venue where we were going to race arena cross or something oh there he is is that guy here he was already gone when we finally met in 2003 and became prayer partners and then in 2005 we did joint ministry at x games in southern california together and uh i mean man we just fell in love as brothers and we've locked arms and partnered ever since then and team faith teamfaith.com is our website and um we do um Freestyle motocross shows. We've done the chaplaincy at X Games, Dew Tour, Supercross, Supercross Futures, Arena Cross, uh, Local Series, the GNCC Series, the World Watercraft Series. Uh, we've done freestyle motocross shows in Egypt, um, all around the world. Team Faith is a powerhouse of lifting up Christ in extreme sport uh, disciplines and extreme sport events. And, uh, I'm so blessed and thankful and humbled to be involved with the team, Team Faith. They're, they're my boys. That's my crew. We just had a conference call this morning. We have one every Monday morning at 9 a.m. And we will put those links to Team Faith in our show notes for our listeners so that they can make sure that they uh, are able to, to get involved with that if they want to. That's that's awesome. That's so incredible. Your your hands are in. So you, you talked about you don't have any plans to retire and you don't show any signs of it, my friend. I'll, I'll tell you that you kind of into <laughs> everything, but uh, but more power to you. I'm, I'm thrilled that you're still rocking and still doing uh, what God has called you to do. It's it's super cool, man. Thanks. We're, we're humbled and blessed, bro. And, you know, uh, my my sons and I, um, we just had a simple motto when we started racing locally here. You know, I, I started riding again, and, and and a spiritual son of mine actually. He, uh, he knew I started riding again and, and, and he rode when he was a kid. We never rode together, but he, he came to faith and, you know, I discipled him and he was involved in our ministry for a lot of years. He loved Triton. And, um, he knew I started riding again and he said, Hey, Lair, he goes, he, there's a motocross park that opened up right outside of Joliet. I'm like, dude, don't even tell me about it. He goes, what do you mean? I said, dude, you know, those races are always on Sunday and you know where I'm at on Sundays, man. He goes, no, it's a stadium motocross track and they race on Saturday nights. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so we went there and my boys and I, uh, we, we, we managed to pull some money together and miraculous. We were able to get bikes for my boys and we went there and our motto was simply, we pray where we play. And we just started praying for people in the pits and, and, uh, that's where Moto church was birthed. And, and every Thursday night at Joliet Motorsports Park. Through from April to the end of October, every Thursday night, unless it's storming, we do moto church at the local motocross park and people come and they, we do a chapel service there and every race event. We just did Lake County with Generation MX this past Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's thousands of people in the park and they hand me a microphone and ask me to share the Lord. It's so cool. Um, the, the doors that the Lord has opened and, um, man, we're so thankful and humbled. And again, the, the, the music ministry experience totally transferred to, to the extreme sport and motocross uh, ministry. It's like, those are my people. And so we're going there to share <laughs> the Lord. And it's we've done weddings. We've done funerals. We've done family counseling, marriage counseling. We, we've rescued a number of marriages. It's, it's just so cool um, to be able to go to these subcultures and, and represent the Lord in a, in, a, in a real way. That is incredible. Larry Dean, frontman for Triton. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on the program today. We are so thrilled to have had you and uh, to hear this, your incredible story and your incredible testimony. 
Thanks, man. I'm so blessed and thankful for you guys. And man, I love your show. I was so tripped out when I heard uh, uh, both John's, you know, John LaFonte and John Schlitt. What great men and what a great program uh, that you guys have developed here. I'm going to be praying for you guys. We will take all the prayer we can get, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thanks. I want to thank Larry Dean for being on the program today. Really enjoyed his authenticity and uh, just keep praying for him and his ministry as he continues forward, both in his personal ministry and his music ministry. We just see great things ahead for Larry. So thank you, Larry, for being on the show. Hey, if you really love this program and would like to support it, we would love to have your help. We are currently trying to raise money to keep our website for the next year. If you would like more information, please visit our Patreon site. That's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can contribute for as little as $2 a month. So we'd love to have your support. Next week, we will begin a two-part interview. We are thrilled to have Mark and Bryn Gershmel on the show. Mark, one of the founding members of White Heart, and Bryn was the keyboardist for the all-Christian female rock group, Rachel Rachel. You might remember we had Jennifer York on season one from Rachel Rachel, and we had Rick Florian on from Whiteheart last season. Well, now we've got Bryn and Mark, and they're going to give their perspective not only about their days in their respective groups, but how they got married and what they're doing now with their new music. So make sure you tune in for that. Until then, you've been listening to Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital, a preferred podcast of Way FM and part of the new release today.com podcast network. It is produced and hosted by yours truly, Jason Huddle, with special thanks to research assistant Kevin Jewell. I leave you this week with Larry Dean's favorite song off the Blood of Kings project. This is Triton's version of Revelation Song. Until next week, God bless.